Welcome to episode 60 of No Shot Clock, the Chicago High School Basketball Podcast. Michael O'Brien from the Chicago Sun-Times here with Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report. It is, this is it. Feels like it's been a while. Uh, we've missed, uh, you know, two big rounds of games. And we got the state finals coming up. Joe and I, were going to preview all of that. We got some listener questions and we're going to do a, a quick review of the super sectionals and sectionals. It's been, you know, a really exciting Friday night at sectionals was great. I know Joe got to enjoy a great one. I was stuck watching some not great stuff in Peoria. <laughs> and then we, we both chose poorly <laughs> last night in, uh, in ISU, but, uh, let, let's start it off, I guess, with the questions. You want to do that, Joe? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Tim Rushi here, who I believe once told me how to pronounce his name, and I did it right, and now I've already forgotten. Sorry, Tim. He says, what should fans be most excited for this weekend? Michael has at least spoken about it on Twitter, but the crowds haven't been the greatest at Peoria. He posed the question as to why people aren't going. So why should fans go? I mean, I think there's a lot to look forward to because of the field of the teams that are there. I mean, this is... I haven't really done my homework in comparing it, but off the top of my head, it's one that I think is one of the better ones we've had as a collection. So that in itself, I think, uh, since the four-class system, that in itself is a big reason why. I mean, I, there, there is individual talent for sure, and there's some storylines. I mean, you you got a, a Frem team that's 31-0. and uh, I think you have an ultra-exciting team in Bolingbrook. And then you got your traditional powers and Young and Simeon and 4A. And then, you know, we've, we've, the thing too, Mike and you and I, we've, we've picked on 3A a lot, this particularly in the postseason, and deservedly so, I'm going to say. But, you know, maybe it's because I picked all four of the 3A teams. I don't think it was that hard to do. Uh, I, I was four for four in the 3A, and I didn't see a reason why any of those four would not make it. But, with that being said, I think it's a really good, solid 3A field. Uh, as much as we have picked apart Class 3A basketball, four pretty good teams. Definitely. Um, I don't know how to put it. I mean, obviously Morgan Park can play with all the 4A teams. But I feel like, I mean, I haven't seen Springfield Lanfear. But I, I do feel like this year, overall, 3A is a second-class citizen. I don't think Fenwick and Bloomington. But I think it's what the intention of 4A and 3A, I know what you're saying. It's kind of like what 4A and 3A really, you know, even though it hasn't been like this. Theoretically should be. Right. <laughs> well, the 4A are clearly better than the 3A, and 3A is clearly better, you know, well, or can definitely play. But, I, you know, I just I, I 100% agree with you. I think there's a... And there's been arguments in the past of even the 3A champ potential, you know, and well, that was when Simeon too was 3A there for a year or two. And anyway, I know what you're saying. There's definitely a a difference, pardon the pun, in class in, in these two 4A and 3A in this weekend for sure. Uh, I guess to answer Tim's question, I mean, this is a strange year. We have, I think there's one two seed, one sectional two seed in Peoria. Everyone else is a number one. I mean, you rarely see that kind of, especially in not, in four-class basketball, you know, nobody got through that wasn't expected to. And that... It, and there's it, usually always one, uh, to or, be honest with you, there's always like one clunker Yeah. that kind of like 
bums me out. <laughs> yeah, Bloomington is the only two seed, so you're going to see... I mean, a lot of times we complain because the teams we wanted to see didn't get there. Well, this is the year where right. they got there. I mean, right. there is nothing to complain about as far as that. These are all high-quality teams for you know the region they come from. They're the team that should have gotten through, and... And that's kind of unique, oddly, in four in the four class world. So it should be fun. I, I think all the games sh- should be competitive. I could maybe see, I, you know, I don't know Landfear, but I didn't like how the Landfear coach talked about how he wants to make it a track meet with Morgan Park today. That <laughs> could be trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they they got some athletes. They got quickness. I think they're talented. They've come up here in the summertime and competed like at the Paul camps, and so they've gotten their taste and fill a little bit of, of some public league basketball in the, in the off season. And they're very very perimeter oriented. So I mean, you know, I don't know if you can take the pedal off the metal at this point. Yeah, uh, probably, that's what know. he said. He's probably yeah. right, but that seemed dangerous. Um, yeah. yeah, those, those are the reasons to go, Tim. I mean, we might never, it might be years before we see what seven, one seeds and a two. I mean, at Peoria, it's there, there, as Joe said, no clunkers. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, next up, Douglas hammer. Doug says, uh, he's interested. He asked this once so we didn't get to it. I think it was after we stopped taking questions. Um, He's interested in our take on the best interviews, the wittiest, the funniest, the most charming, the smartest. I actually really liked Raekwon Drake's TV spot last week on the state broadcast and answering a talent I wish I had, a talent I wish I had question. I, I didn't see this because I'm not watching the broadcast. I guess uh, Raekwon said, I wish I could sing because girls like singers and I like girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, good for him. I've never gotten a quote that good from Raekwon Drake. So, <laughs> well done, TV production. Well, getting high school quotes are not the easiest. No, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, you're not talking about even college kids. You know, you're talking about teenage guys that are getting interviewed oftentimes for the first time. So it's it's not always uh, the 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 most. Um, it's difficult. Yeah, I really. Yeah. Like, uh, John Shire stands out. Uh, to me, he was always good to talk to after the game. He'd usually have something interesting to say about what had happened. I hadn't noticed or I didn't know was going on. Nate Manoy was probably the best ever. I think he had three front-page stories based on his um, opinions or beliefs. He was a very volatile leader of men that said what he thought and uh, always had interesting opinions. Um, after that, I kind of... Oh, Jacob Pullen. Gosh, I knew there was one. He's probably the best. Maybe a weird answer to come up with, but <laughs> Jacob Pullen was 100% my favorite post-game guy. He just friendly, kind kid, interesting, smart. I really liked him um, for sure. Uh, now I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I'm leaving out. Boatwright was good. He always said some bold – I like bold things. Maybe my the one of the better stories was for – you know, newer fans, they might not. Uh, Bob Hambrick didn't let the Simeon coach at the time didn't let the, his kids talk to the media, so it was always a struggle. And, and Rob Smith kept that up pretty hardcore for the first two, three, four years. He occasionally, after big game, would let one player or two talk. And you know, so many Rob Smith quotes got old. I covered a lot of Simeon games. You know, what are you gonna do? About halfway through senior year, Tim Flowers, the Simeon center that played with Derek Rose, realized that if he yelled something loud enough at me during the game, 
I would use it as a quote in my story. <laughs> and so it got to the point where he knew that was going to happen. So at some point in the game, he would yell something and I would end up putting it usually in my lead because I was desperate at that point to have anything but a Rob Smith quote. So that was cool. But um, I'll try to think on this a little bit, Doug, and get you a better answer. Anybody you remember talking to, Joe, that you uh... – I was trying to rack my – There's you You mentioned Shire too, but um, wasn't – and then this is – very vague. Wasn't there some, a Westinghouse player that I, I I can't think right now, but you know, I, I could have sworn there was a West one of the Big those, Nick last year was pretty good. Yeah, back when those teams uh, were Chris Head was coaching. I thought there was I can't remember. Was now, it but, so one of the the Baileys? What? Yeah, I don't think it was a Bailey. Was it that wasn't Jamarcus Ellis? I uh, can't remember. But know. yeah, I uh, I I get more. The other thing is a lot of my talks with kids are away. I, I think it's much better to get them when they're revved up about something right uh, after a game, as opposed to a lot of times when I'm talking to them, whether it be in the summer AAU. But it's just more conversation and dialogue, and I come away with a little bit more intellect of. Uh, I appreciate their knowledge of the game and the perception of recruiting and things like that. Uh, where they're at, that really impressed me. But yeah, Jerry yeah, that's, Richmond that's a, was a really smart basketball mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was. Um, and actually, Jalen Brunson was the same way as far as smart and yeah. Uh, but no, that's a good. Uh, if we do ever do an off-season podcast, that we promise. Uh, some of these topics we might be delve into. Yeah, I will say usually, especially like on all the teams right now, I can tell you who I want to talk to. I know the guys I need to go to. So even if they don't have the best game, I always ask for them because you never know what you're going to get. So it is something that is constantly in my mind. You think I'd have better answers. Uh, next up, William Gumas, who I believe is a first-time uh, question guy. Welcome, he's, William. Yeah, and, and apparently he's a long-time listener, and he's paying attention because I didn't even remember this. He says, Michael, you get the matchup you wanted for the midseason City Suburban Shootout with Fremd Young. <laughs> remember that, <laughs> Joe? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. Question about the champions with Division One players. Did the 2001 Schomburg team that beat Eddie Curry's team have any Division One players? They Pankratz. Had, yeah, Zach Pankratz was a man. Yeah. And his younger brother was a sophomore, wasn't he? Oh, probably. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, did he play much? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I don't know that. <laughs> he was in the 15, rotation. 16 though. years ago. Yeah. Um, okay, William continues. I know it sounds implausible to people who weren't there, but the 36 to 35 game last night was very exciting. Hmm. I, I believe it. Um, I've seen yeah. plenty of Fremd low scoring games. It was definitely more exciting than Simeon Edwardsville. Um, and it, with that crowd, I'm sure it was awesome. So that's exciting. Um, he said, oh, and then William throws out the opinion that I think almost everyone agrees with that we need to move up the tournament, uh, a weekend. So we don't compete with the ncaa tournament agree yeah. william and i will say uh teaser spoke to some ihsa people a lot last weekend and they are aware of that and i think out of all the things we might want changed that's something that maybe could happen so fingers a weekend up. yeah uh there was i don't know if you saw my tweet but um i guess the way michigan does it is they have all the classes together um, 1A, 2A semis on Thursday, 3A, 4A semis on Friday, four title games on Saturday. And the IHSA has been talking about that. And it would all be last, it all would have been last weekend. So we'd wrap up before 
Well, getting it off the tournament—that's a must. You you yeah. you, you got to get it off the state tournament weekend or the NCAA tournament weekend. It's just it's become too big, too 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 um everything. It just it. it yeah, I, there's a lot of people that just. It's one of their biggest events of the year. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think people, you know, younger people might not know, but, I mean, even 10 years ago, it wasn't so huge. You know, 15 years ago, it definitely was. I mean, it was a big event, but it wasn't the all-encompassing, you yeah. know, attention suck it is now. Um, next up. Oh, Tony Young. I just thought of Schaumburg. Tony Young as well uh, went on to play at St. Louis, I believe. I uh, was on that Schaumburg team. Oh really? Okay, and he's the he went on to coach at East St. Louis, right? East St. Louis, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I don't remember him, huh? Um, Danny Greenberger, another first time question asker. Um, Danny says some kind words about our coverage, then says he pay, he played for Paul Prima at Evanston from 2000 to 2002. Um, he was at the Evanston Young game last night and was highly impressed with the composure, discipline, and offensive execution by Young. While Robert Smith has long been rumored as a candidate for the lead assistant role at U of I, what do you think of Tyrone Slaughter in such a role? Moreover, do you think U of I's athletic director might be bold enough to hire a CPS coach to be the new head coach? Well, the answer to that last part is no. Yeah, no way. Sorry, Danny. We've, <laughs> I think we've, somebody's asked us that before. That's not happened. Yeah, that's never happened um, in a million years. Now, um, now lead assistant or assistant, maybe. Assistant, yeah. uh, maybe, but... Even that, I, I just, I don't know. I, I It doesn't happen very often. Um, and usually when it happens, it's be, they are bringing somebody, almost all the time, they are bringing somebody with them immediately. And, you know, I'll just, example, Derek Rose or Jabari Parker is a Simeon. And they, not that Robert Smith can't go be an assistant coach, but, um, the other thing is it, it's, it, it is a huge jump from high school to a high major job. And the, his first question, Tyron Slaughter being a college assistant, I've always thought the way if you sit and talk with Tyron Slaughter, he can talk. Uh, he, he, you know, he is uh, c- communication uh, is his strength. He talks a lot. And, uh, you know, I could see him in a role of a recruiter at a college. Yeah, I could to 100%. And I think, I don't think that that's such a crazy thing at all. I mean, I think Illinois desperately misses Wayne McLean, and that's how he got there. You know? Well, he got there because he brought those. Well, exactly, he brought the kids. Right, yeah, but, but after right those high school, And he was days, wor- worthwhile, he, though, after he stayed, you know. Yeah, he did no recruiting in the last, I don't know how many years. <laughs> I mean, it's part of, I mean, it just, that's the way it went. Um, you know, he, he stayed on and. Anyway, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. We'll see how that coaching search goes. Good luck to the Illini on that one. Next up, Michael Benson. Uh, he's a Fremd graduate from 2013. He says, I went to my first game, Fremd versus Jacob, since going out to Massachusetts for college and was really surprised by how slow the play was without a shot clock. The games I've watched in Massachusetts all have them. I know this... I know this game was to an extreme with Frem's style of play, but do you see a change coming at any point with implementing a shot clock for Illinois basketball? Do I see a change coming? No, not anytime soon. Would I like to? I am a convert. I, I, um, 
I don't know how many years ago it was. I was dead set against a shot clock. It's been a while, but I am fully ready for a shot clock as long as it's at least a certain amount of seconds. I don't want no 24-second shot clock. I'm not even sure I want a 30-second shot clock, but 35, 40-second shot clock I could handle in high school basketball. Now, I don't – well, Fremd is a great example of, of beneficiary of no shot clock. There's no question. You know, their, their road to get here, and I'm not diminishing the road they took because they've beaten some very good quality teams. But I don't think a shot clock would have impacted any of their games on the road to Peoria for the most part. Now, in Peoria, if there was a shot clock in place, Fremd would be in trouble against Simeon, Bolingbrook, or Whitney Young. Uh, shot clock would come into play, and it would really diminish Frem's chances of pulling off that win. Yeah, um, I don't care about having a shot. I don't feel super strongly either way, honestly. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'll tell you that much. Uh, an Oregon newspaper yeah. did uh, did some research actually, and the minimum cost per school is five thousand um, dollars. It, it that seems that seems low to me. Yeah, it's well, yeah, that is that's the low. That's the minimum. It can go anywhere I mean, from five to ten thousand um, dollars just to get it in. You know, that's because, not yeah, happening. I mean, you and then you're. I mean, there's so many things that that you need them in multiple gyms. You know, you the, the clocks themselves, and then you need somebody to uh, pay them yeah. for each game, and not to mention, I mean. We have people that had problems running regular clocks that aren't real challenging. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I can't imagine if, you know, trying to reset a shot clock in the – and it has been done in other high schools, you know, across the country. I understand that. But uh, imagine that some shot clock operators around in, in the, some of the places we go to. Uh, yeah, it would be bad. And I, I think if it makes you feel better, let just consider it an eight-minute shot clock. You know, we have very <laughs> short quarters. It's an eight-minute shot clock, and move on with your life because this shot clock isn't coming. Uh, next up, Rennell Chapman, good old friend of the podcast. He says he saw someone on Twitter mention that the Class 3A's Final Four, Morgan Park, Bloomington, Lanfear, and Fenwick, were the final AP Top 4 ranked teams. Do you think all four of them making it to Peoria rather easily shows just how bad Class 3A is parody-wise? Yes. That's an easy one. Um, because it li- literally, when I made my picks, and I, I do the whole state tournament back when the regionals began, and I you know, go through every single pick and I do that, but this was the easiest I've ever had in picking in my head. I mean, that wasn't mean I was going to be right, but the easiest I've ever done uh, a class. And, well, and I was four for four, and that's not, that doesn't happen that often. No, and, then, uh, and it, it led me to massive boredom. So I just started picking wacky stuff yeah. because there was no like, oh, who am I going to pick the whole way through? It was super clear. I mean, there wasn't one, honestly, there wasn't one question on any of them except for maybe North Lawndale Farragut was like the one game. Yeah, no, where... I mean, as far as I didn't think either yeah. one of those teams were beating Fenwick, though. Yeah. Uh, North Lawndale or um, Farragut. Yeah. Farragut, but. You know, Bloomington was the only one because they had like kind of a some like that. Actually, the game that ended up being a barn burner against Washington, I thought that would be a you know 
a, a tough sectional for them to get out of. But other than that, I mean, I didn't think Lanfear would be touched. They weren't. I didn't think Morgan Park would be touched. They weren't. Um, and I didn't think I didn't think North Lawndale or Farragut was capable of beating Fenwick, which they didn't. So Morgan Park, actually, I guess the one that we can say, they had a tougher time than I would have thought. Yeah, by by the scores with the Rita. They yeah, barely. Rita I mean, game. it was at Rita, so I'll give them some right. credit there. But yeah, they're so yeah, and you know what? Good for Rita because that's a really young team. I think they're a little bit like Waukegan, where they finished their season strong with a lot of guys coming back. So um, that's that's a positive finish for them, and something we can look forward to for next year. Uh, Ren- and they're staying three eight. <laughs> I mean, do they? Was that a sectional well, final or a? Uh, yeah, it was. So they might not. Yeah, no, they've fine. only been in 3A one year. Doesn't you have to yeah. do two? So yeah, they're, so they're, they're I don't even remember now. I don't either. I, th- I think it's two, though. So I think I think they are clear for another year. If they choose to. Who knows? Um, Rennell, okay, I'm going to kind of summarize the his next question, because it is a good one. He wants to know if... He was at Chicago State, so he watched Evanston against Young um, in the Super. He wants to know if... We think the four teams that lost Tuesday in Class 4A, if we have them in Peoria instead of the 3A teams, is the weekend better? Oh, all four of them? Yeah. Uh, I say 100%, yeah. I was trying, my mind's blank. Ed- so Edwardsville. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evanston, yeah. Jacobs. Evanston, Edwardsville, Jacobs, and Neighborville North. Yeah. yeah. Those four are clearly better than the four 3A. Well, well, good... well, they're not better than Morgan Park. No, no, no. Oh, I'm talking about as a collection. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And we we would have two CPS teams there already, so we wouldn't need a third. Um, that, that would be that, that would be a really great fun field, actually. And I bet you attendance would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Because you look at Evanston, bring a ton. Jacobs, bring a ton. Neighborville North, bring a ton. And Edwardsville, bring a ton. Yeah, that would be, and it would feel wow. like, and it would feel like a state tournament because we'd have teams from all over. It kind of feel like a two, uh, a class two A. Yeah, exactly. That's what he means. Uh, <laughs> no, then I, I get, last I, I've question. Been sarcastic, <laughs> yeah. but no, but that is a good question and a good point that the crowds would be good. Yeah. Uh, do and you think instead, any of the three A squads on Friday would have made it to Peoria in the old format? Um, Morgan Park, yes, for sure. Fenwick would have had a chance. Um, in the old format, you mean? Yeah, Fenwick, well, Morgan Park would have played Simeon. Yeah, so, so they've already beaten him what twice? So yeah. Well, right, but so I mean, you would have picked them in a. Re- I mean, I don't know if I'd have picked them, but he just said, would they have had a could chance? They? Yeah, 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 they'd have a chance for sure. Um, yeah, and Fenwick would have had a chance out west. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about Bloomington and Landfear. That's another thing that'd be kind of fun in off season to do is to look at like a random. You know, they usually went to the same routes every year, you know, and look at a random year. And just if the schools were as they were then, but with these teams, the same routes. Oh, who your champion would be. Yeah, and who would be coming out of those sections. Because I've forgotten, like, where they all fed into. And that would be kind of interesting to see just who would be colliding and meeting and, and if this were 2000 and. Yeah, take, Two format. take this year's team and 1994's bracket yeah, <laughs> and see what <right>. happens. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Quite the loser if I'm going to go see the... And all your free time, gonna, Joe, this summer. I go, <laughs> I go see the 1994 bracket with this year's teams. 
in the middle of June. <laughs> uh, that's pretty odd. There's probably some smart guy with a computer database that could make that happen in no time. <laughs> Um, all right, that is it. And the, thanks for the questions, everybody. And you guys got these to us in like an hour because I didn't ask till like 2.30. We've got to figure out what to do with the questions next year because it's obvious yeah. people like them. And we're bad at apparently doing scheduling full mailbag shows. So, yeah, And look, looking back, Mike, over the last, oh, I don't know, I guess it would be four or five days now. Um, well, no, because we're not doing it regularly on Monday. I've got my days mixed up. But the sectional finals, super sectionals, you know, I, it was interesting. Uh, I wrote a story and put up how the sectional night is my favorite night of the high school basketball season. Put the story up. It's up online right now. But, you know, I, and then I saw a tweet of yours afterwards that it was a tweet, not a story, but basically saying the exact same thing. And oh, it, yeah. it, it just kind of just solidified it again. By and I was at the Bolingbrook Joliet West game, and I had you know everybody that has anything to do with either two programs, those two programs, or that area of basketball knew what that gym and what that atmosphere was going to be like. It was awesome. It was old school, what you expect in a newer gym. But um, and then from what we have heard through a number of sectional championship games with some great atmosphere. So that's the one thing I took away. Not to be, you know, it was expected. Uh, because I think that's just what sectional basketball brings out as opposed to uh, even what we're going to see this weekend. It's just not even last night you and I were down at Illinois State, beautiful arena, and, and you got Simeon who's two hours away playing Edwardsville who's, I don't know what the drive is, two, Same, two and a half hours yeah. away. And what would you expect in a big, huge 10,000-seat arena with two schools equal four hours apart um it was dead you know the game didn't help but uh i know the sears center was i'm going off here now on crowds but the sears center i i despise the sears center i'm i'm glad it was filled and and electric and all the fan bases are there i just hate any arena with curtains it's just a thing i got uh i don't even know they still have that curtain in the back or or the one end zone i think they do yeah i just i just hate that feel and, and vibe but it's great to hear that the crowds were, you know, as local. It was geographical, and it makes sense that those fans showed up. But um, I think know, I that's just... a valuable point that you've made there because there's a lot of talk among the reporters and this and that about what's going on, what's to fix it. The fans don't care about the venue. No, the, the no, they do not for the. the the supporting fans definitely don't. No, they're coming to see they're their team. They're coming to see their team, right. Uh, and if that's all it is, which what's football is, and since we have basically knocked off all of the, not all of them, but the majority of the super fans who did fill up Assembly Hall, who helped fill it up, who did help fill up Peoria Carver Arena for the first eight, ten years, um, those fans are... You know, if they're if you had to take a percentage of what's left, and I've honestly done no data on this, or I guess there's probably twenty percent left of those types of fans. Fifteen uh, percent is my guess of the hardcore high school basketball fans that went no matter what, regardless of who the teams were. Those guys aren't around anymore. So, um, well, I mean, the majority of them aren't. So, you're basically saying then, all right, move it to a Move it to, uh, I would hate it in 
Hoffman Estates or just to somewhere that they can get relatively easy because 90% of the people at the Sears Center on last night probably didn't even know there was such a thing as two class basketball four class but no no i mean they oh didn't... you mean oh from the history, yeah they didn't they don't they didn't yeah. know there was two class basketball they didn't yeah, care I... they were probably had never been to the sears center before and might never go again yeah no that's all true and i'm speaking selfishly i would be personally bummed i know i, I can't remember what you were i thought you were a proponent of the sears center at one point i just uh-huh. wanted out of peoria i was a little bit warmed up to I'm without even the arena being open yet to Paul yeah. if it was all constructed perfectly and really organized and kind of that I mean when it went up for I, I thought the obvious choice was to move it to give a champagne a shot um, when it was up for Peoria and champagne this last time I still believe that it should have been given a shot and see if you could generate a little bit more interest and you know that Champagne has done some nice things to their town, actually. They're downtown, and, and the arena obviously is brand new. They got new hotels. No, it's not walking distance, you know, like Peoria is, which is the. But what it doesn't matter anymore if it's walking distance to Peoria because there's nothing to walk to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so the walking distance thing's out of the equation. For, I mean, yeah, the teams can walk. That's great. But the teams can walk in Champagne too. Cause yeah. I consider a hotel it a, a weekend of starvation. <laughs> oh, nowhere for me. To, I can't go. To, I don't have time to go to a bar like all the rest of you guys. I'm working. So yeah. it's like, where do I eat? I mean, there's if you've ever had the concessions at Carver Arena, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 slim pickings for food. I I mean, yeah. I I don't know. But um, uh, that wraps up. Oh no no, we were doing this. Yeah, we're right. Um, <laughs> I, I I basically, Mike, I was I I ventured off into the crowds, and I I took yeah. that as part of one of my. We're not doing our two takes this week, but that's we're doing a bunch of wholesale sectional super sectional takes and the mine was just the crowds were up in sectionals and you know for not all of them but uh, a lot of them and uh charged up crowds and in some really cool gyms in the sectionals and you know the super sectionals i i heard the evanson whitney young crowd was a pretty decent crowd um yeah it looked like it from the pictures i saw there were people upstairs so at yeah Chicago. so it's you know it's that's a, that's a plus that's a positive yeah, and that's what makes it so disappointing not to get back to it is that, and there are some central Illinois people who just believe people aren't going to live events and aren't watching basketball anymore because four classes killed it, and they are just totally wrong. They're just well, not coming to the state tournament. Yeah, four class basketball did kill the state tournament, though. There's but, no question. But that ship sailed a decade ago. Yeah, I know. It's not changing. And it's, it's time to back. move on. Right. And there's uh, a way we can get the people back, I believe. Now, I don't want to get a dig in at you here because I don't want you to have to open up a wound of Joliet West, but I can't believe they lost that game, Mike. I mean, I know you weren't there. I I, I, I have put that game to bed. I shouldn't have because Bolingbroke's way too talented and way too explosive and way too common to put together an 18-2 run or 20-2 run. But if you were there and saw that game and you didn't think, okay, Ben's on the bench, Nana Atkinson on the bench, they're playing on their – they looked lost, Bolingbroke. Mid to late third quarter, lost. And, and Joliet West was just oozing confidence. They saw – they, I mean, it was ready. 
it was a 12 point game closer to becoming 16 to 18 than it was six. And then in an instant behind Joseph Yusufu and Tyler Cochran, the two sophomores, they cut that lead from 12 to six. And then it changed obviously, but boy, I thought you were going to see Juliet West in Peoria. Yeah, what a frustrating season. I mean, that as you just described, the the day they outplayed Whitney Young but couldn't hit a free throw to save their life and lost. I mean, they, they got flat out beat against Bloom at Pontiac, at least. I don't feel like that is one that got away. They just lost. But, yeah, just – I mean, it's hard to say it, but it's a disappointing season. I mean, considering the everything this team wanted to do, not even from my perspective, you know, what they wanted headed in. They just didn't accomplish it, and it's too bad. And, uh, yeah, it was a rough Friday uh, getting through it. Um, Simeon dominated Thornton. Uh, oh, we, should, we, all, we need to mention Ojel Eastern because we sure talked about it when he wasn't putting up the big numbers. So he finished his career in these last two games just with dominant performances. Uh, 29.17 rebounds in a big win against Waukegan at Waukegan. And I, I believe the Bulldogs were ahead. Um, at a couple points in that game um, by significant margins. And, you know, he pulled him back and got into it. Um, and then last night against Whitney Young, I think at one point he went on an 11-0 run. Did he have 31, I want to yeah, say? They, um, I mean, you, you – and I give him credit because, you know, No Jelly Eastern's a player who – that's not his game. I mean, I know everybody – wants their big high profile, high major big 10 recruit to be that guy, but no jelly Eastern. And this is where he's going to be in college. He is going to be a guy who makes people around him better. And, and he's, he's very unselfish. He's not forcing a ton of shots. You and I, and, and other people have always kind of wanted him to be that guy even more so, but I think he, that's who he is. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, but, I give him credit for realizing, you know what, it's time. I mean, and I, my senior year, exactly. it's March. Yeah, it's uh, these big games. I'm needed to be that guy, and uh, and, and he was. So I, I give No Jell Eastern a lot of credit in a lot of ways for 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 never becoming, you know, I, I, just a selfish kid as a player who was hyped up like probably more so than any kid in the entire class throughout his high school career, starting as a freshman, I mean. And, you know, kind of just staying true to who he was as a player. Yeah, to me it was a very confounding career because I'd seen him play so amazingly well and then not so much. And it leaves me with such a better taste in my mouth these last two games. And there, there is no shame in losing a super sectional game basically at a public league venue to Whitney Young in which you went out there and were absolutely unbelievable for stretches, put your team on your back. I mean, that's what you had to do. I'm not sure I buy the whole making everybody better stuff. I need to see the numbers. And he, But he did it. He did it when he needed to do it. And so good for him. And kind of a shame we couldn't get Evanston through one of these last two years, but that's the way it goes. Uh, Young dominated Oak Park before the uh, super sectional win. Well, the, the the game of the night, Mike, or not to I mean that you I didn't mean to cut you off on that domination of 
or 18 point game. Yeah, Oak Park. I mean, much to say there. What but, was the game of the night? Was it? Oh, from from Conan. I mean, okay. that that highlight of uh, the three pointer was a. I mean, a Twitter. Uh, I mean, on Friday night, it was just and. and I wrote about this as exhilarating as those that win was for Frem. Just how crushing the opposite <laughs> it was for Conan, and to lose that way to your league rival for a for a third time, including another last second loss. I mean, I I just, I mean, they're going to have this just this awful visions of Fremd basketball the rest of their high school careers uh, at Conan. So I really feel for, yeah, obviously that's Tom McCormick's final game, final team, and a terrific coaching career. And then obviously Jimmy Soto's uh, a really great career at, at Conant and uh, a senior-dominated group with junior Ryan Davis as well. But it's just that's a heartbreaking loss at a, at a late in the season when, you know, I don't want to take away from other people's heartbreaking losses, but and, and they're all – tough but when you're 14 and 13 and losing it i just don't consider it maybe i'm wrong as heartbreaking i'm sure it is to the kids and the players and the fans but when you're a legitimate feel for a team and you think they can get to peoria and they can they've been building and building for this all year long and all off season i just think it's more heartbreaking and if conan wins that game who knows what they do with jacobs but that's just how close it is between Conant playing in Peoria and, and being home. They brought back the MSL. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> From mean, Dakota, Burnley be, basketball, baby. Yeah, I can be proud of that. What a season they had. And, uh, going to be fun to see what they can do against Young. I think, oh, we should mention real quick I'm from sectional night, Mark Smith had 45 and points and 13 boards against Danville. Terrific performance, obviously. And the big one. Cam Crutwig. Almost a quadruple double. double. 20 points, 19 rebounds, 15 blocks, and 8 assists. What yeah, the, in the uh, world? and the Jacob stats they gave me was 23 rebounds. Which, oh, really? You know, okay. Yeah, 23 rebounds and a little fewer blocks. They had their stats had it 23 rebounds, 20 points, 11 blocks, and 9 assists. Oh, so. So just one assist away yeah. from a triple double. That's amazing. Quadruple, quadruple, yeah, quadruple, yeah. 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 No, fantastic. I mean, I I've made this statement, Mike, and it's I keep people probably tired of hearing. Okay, yeah, Joe, we know he can pass, but he's the best passing big man. I've been doing this for twenty some years in Illinois, and he's the best passing big man without question uh, that I've ever seen in high school basketball in this state, and. You know, he, he didn't have monster offensive numbers. You know, he, I think it's 14, 15, 15 and a half a game. But, uh, boy, what a what a great career and what a great recruiting get it is for Porter Mosier and, and Loyola. Yeah, he won't be going away since he's staying local. We will hear a lot about him. Um, I guess we should hit the um, – not not as much time to go in the super sectionals. Kind of, we kind of quickly hit it. Uh, we talked about the young Evanston game. Uh, Javon Freeman played well. Uh, Frem knocks off Jacobs in overtime. By one, yeah. again. <laughs> Another wild <laughs> one. Whitney Young better look out if that thing's close at the end. Uh, Bolingbrook kind of railed all over Naperville North, um, and everything happened as we expected in 3A. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I, we were both at the edwardsville Simeon game. I was – I didn't see Edwardsville live. I watched them two, a total of two and a half games online or you know, on a computer and – 
I really like their team. I I thought I picked Edwardsville to win by one, and you know that's the other thing with these picks. I mean, I, I was joking with somebody about it. Uh, you know, when you pick somebody by one, <laughs> everybody, you aren't a hundred percent sure that game can go either way. Uh, you know, and I just thought Edwardsville was a really good team, and it would not have been shocked if Simeon beat them. But obviously, Simeon came on and just shot the lights out. I mean, hey. You know, sometimes those big arenas and, you know, the the backdrop of those things can, can wreak some havoc with shooters. Not with Simeon last night. They they buried it uh, and put them away quick. And that game was never in doubt. They inched back Edwardsville a little bit, but I was never – they could never get past that eight-point deficit. Um, so it, it just was kind of a dud uh, of a game. Yeah, I don't see how – the, the Edward, for those of you who didn't see it, Edwardsville guards just had no prayer against the Simeon guards. There was no way to, the, the, with a big floor like that, with all the space they needed, I mean. Well, was, the other thing that I didn't realize too, Mike, Edwardsville has zero depth. I didn't, I yeah. did not, just because we don't study these teams, I didn't realize that till last night, that they had zero depth and nobody off the bench. So not only can they, I mean, they're playing passive defensively. They can't get in foul trouble. They can't, uh, you know, and then I, mean, I was interested why they didn't do, I mean, I don't know enough about them, but um, drop into some zone a little earlier than they did. But, uh, it, it, I mean, I it, it was just, a, it game was over quick. It had to look to me like if those teams played 10 times, Simeon you was know, nine. For sure, last night. I mean, I yeah. agree with that, but. And also, I, oh, I guess we should Mark Smith talk. Um, not a good game for him, and it's no. He he. he it just I, I mean I know you're not. I've seen a lot of them, you know, beyond this game. Um, he's a real deal, Mike. I, so I guess this you. is my question. He is a high, a legit high major player. How and, much of, um. If he was committed to say Nebraska to start the uh, year, how much? How much would he be getting? Out, like how much attention? And, exactly. And, no, that's 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 a good question and a good point because it happens a lot. You know, when when unsigned kids are have big years, but that's part of the deal. I mean, he 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 has been a monster, and but. The thing with I, you know, everybody keeps asking about Mark Smith. Why, you know, this is a kid, Wright State, Northern Illinois, and SIUE had visits in the fall, and I, I watched him a ton in July, and so did college coaches because if you know Javon Pickett, who's going to Illinois and Belleville East, played on his AAU team. Um, there was other college type players on his AAU team, so it's not like nobody watched their AAU team. But Mark Smith, and, and I did a story on him in December, that he made a pretty good statement saying, you know what, I have never once in my life gone 100% fully trained just for basketball ever because of the baseball. And from this summer on, all the way through the season, what it gets to is his shot, his perimeter jumper is just so much better, more efficient, and and cleaner, and and a weapon than it ever was. And then as a result of all these things that have happened, I, you can see this confidence just has grown. So yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying about would he be this coveted and talked about 
Or would uh, he be Justin Smith? Uh, no, because, well, I mean, his numbers are clearly better than Justin Smith. I mean, his impact, I mean, he almost averaged a triple-double. Well, <laughs> Justin it's, Smith it's, is at 20-something and 10, I think. No, but I'm saying this kid averaged over eight assists a game. And that's that's pretty amazing for a high school player. Um, and not to mention the 22 points a game and over eight rebounds a game. I, his overall impact and, and just the way he's gone about and done it, I mean, his perimeter jumper, he's got great range. Um, no, he probably wouldn't be getting as much attention, obviously, because a lot of it is generated by recruiting. But I don't. what I'm saying is I don't think he's any less of a player. I'm, I'm sitting here saying, oh, my gosh, Nebraska got a stud. Um, as opposed to now he's got Illinois, Missouri, Kansas State, Indiana, Ohio State. I mean – it's not like it's one or two high majors that are kind of... Yeah, I'm not hard. questioning that. I just think he might win Mr. Basketball because he started the season uncommitted yeah, but, and okay, got buzz. But think about how big of a struggle it was to come up with a player of the year in Illinois, or in the Chicago area. Yeah. I mean, it really was. And up until the last week, still debating, you know? So, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, Mark Smith over... Take your pick from the Chicago area? Uh, he didn't look like any Alonzo Verge to me. Okay, well, that you, we can't go by one game in, in March, but, I mean, he it's not like Edwards will play nobody. No, but Verge had better numbers. Well, Mark Smith won more. Barely. I, I don't know. I, I, don't think there's any, I don't think there's any debate, but that's just me. It sounds like he's doing very well in the voting. Um, from what I hear... Shocked. Uh, I'll be shocked if he. Well, I'll ask you. Do you? Do you? Where do you? Not, not that we. Mr. Basketball voting is a lot. It's a different animal. Yeah. Clearly, where does Alonzo Verge finish in Mr. Basketball voting? Ha! Huh. <laughs> oh wow. Um. Ah, he, five or six range, maybe lower. Yeah, that's about what I. That's about what I guess. I mean, he could easily. He'll finish below Goodwin. Yeah. I He'll would... probably finish below a guy we've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that. Taylor Bruniga? <laughs> I mean, I just say that because the, the, the Mr. Yeah. Basketball voting, yeah. when you see it, is just, I mean, like guys that get first place votes that, yeah. anyway. That's it didn't used to be story. so goofy, but it is. We need to get into the state tournament. Um, oh, yeah, it's this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the. <laughs> let's start with 3A. Let's go through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, like no, I'm done. I'm done making fun of 3A, Mike. Okay. Because now we got some real teams. I mean, I they, they aren't 4A, but you know, I, the Fenwick story to me is kind of cool because everybody was in love with Fenwick a year ago. I was in love with Fenwick. I, you know, they beat Simeon. They, the Mike Smith was, you know, all state guy putting up monster numbers, and they got upset. And, you know, they came, I give them credit. They came back with a group, I think a sophomore group that went undefeated. They got a little bit of, you know, some uh, good quality minutes from that group. But it's just unbelievable to me that this team is where they are now after what we saw last year. And a kid that wasn't even on the team last year is their leading scorer. You know, the impact of of, um, DJ Stewart, as a freshman is, is been, we've talked a little bit about it on our podcast. 
I think we've both written a little bit about it, but it's really kind of been overlooked overall, the impact that a freshman can have for a team that could be playing for a state championship. Yeah, uh, Rick Milnati made a good comment about it on the media call today about how a lot of credit should be given to Keller and Nixon and some of the other guys for, I guess, fostering an atmosphere in which that can happen. Yeah, open and, arms. Yeah. yeah, and a team can be successful. So I think I think that is really important, and it's it's paid off for their team as well their senior year because Keller and Nixon, you know, especially Jacob Keller, I would have thought he'd have been on the all area team this year, but you know, with the role he played for them to win and allowing Stewart to score like that, it it hurt his numbers. You know, so he didn't make it. Certainly skilled enough to make it. Certainly as good as some of those guys on the team, but he sacrifices that. But now he's playing you know, two games away from a state title in Peoria. And you got to like Fenwick's chances in this game, I think. Uh, Bloomington has had a lot of trouble with our local teams. Uh, they've lost to, what, Bennett, Curie. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a downstate team, Central Illinois team, that we've actually seen some of. And uh, they've played a lot of common comparisons that we can do with Bloomington. Now, they are athletic. Uh, they, they, they seem to be a team that can get I could see them getting hot. They've got guys that can, a few guys that can knock down some threes. Um, you know, Dazon Ferris and Patrick Fisher, and uh, the big boy inside, Chris Payton. Yeah, keep so, your eyes on him if you uh, come in to see the tournament. You want to? He's maybe one of the first guys you're going to want to keep an eye on. Chris Payton, six six sophomore, can be a really electric player. Yeah, Chris Payton, and I, I would imagine Jamal Nixon will will get that assignment. And that that will be a huge assignment for him because he doesn't put up monster numbers, but Peyton can can take over a game. He has that capability of, of controlling the lane, the paint. Um, I, I think it'll be good. I like Fenwick in it. I mean, I I think they are, are a clear favorite, and I think they're playing their their I think they're playing their best basketball of the year at the right time. So I, I and and they got a nice balance. So I I think Fenwick. Uh, they're not going to roll, but I think they win this one, uh, you know, fairly handily. Yeah, so I would say six or eight point spread here. Uh, the other team, uh, to give you the, kind of the full Bloomington look, they lost to Bennett, Curie, and Wheaton-Warrenville South, and they only beat Hillcrest by one. So we're looking at a good team, but maybe not ready for Fenwick, but we'll see. In uh, the second game... Morgan Park, 24-6 and six against Springfield Lanfear, 28-3. and three. I have not seen Lanfear. Joe spoke about him a little bit earlier, but they have three All-State candidates, which I think is the most anybody has on the list the ballot AP says out. A junior, Cardell McGee. A senior, Yakima Rose. Yes. And, and Andre, Yaki, yeah. Andre and, uh, Williams. Andre Williams. Yeah. You know, I've seen all these guys a lot in AAU. Uh, you know, Cardell McGee is a bona fide, legitimate Division One player, probably going to be a mid-major Illinois State's offered him. I believe DePaul's offered him. Uh, you know, so he's a intriguing 6'3", 6'4", long, skilled, can really pass it. Uh, Got to get better with the shot. But Cardell McGee is, is, a, is a terrific junior. He's only a junior. And then Nakama Rose is, is a kid who really has put the team on, a, on his back over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he's an 18, 19 point per game guy. All three of these guys are, you know, high profile guys in central Illinois who, for a while, 
who have had terrific careers, put up numbers. The average, you know, I think uh, McGee's at 13 or 14, and uh, Williams a double-figure scorer. So those three guys, all perimeter guys. And then, obviously, Morgan Park, where you got Io as the catalyst. And, you know, I – I don't know. I, I I like this Lanfear team. I think this is going to be a terrific game. Actually, um, I picked Morgan Park to win state, so I'll I'll stay true to that. I had Morgan Park playing Fenwick in the championship, but uh, you know Lanfear does not have much size. And although Morgan Park, you know we've seen them guy, you know from Linnell Henry to Mello Burrell, and you know they they kind of traded off of a little bit, but Burrell's been very good down the stretch of the second half of the season. I think that's going to be a, a, a big advantage for Morgan Park. Definitely, yeah. Lanfear is coming in with kind of the mindset they want to win state. I think Bloomington's happy to be here, so that's a little bit different. You know, we've seen that over the years. Um, teams are very happy to be here and teams that want to win. So Lanfear's coming in a little bit more focused from what I've been hearing and talking to, so that should be good. Also, you know, Morgan Park, and this is not their fault, but it's the fault of the road. They haven't played a ranked team in a long time. Yeah. You know, they, they struggled with St. Rita at St. Rita. They beat Hillcrest by 10 at Joliet Central, but those aren't, you know, top-tier teams. So they could be running into a, a bit of a step-up in class here with Lanfear. But, yeah, you got to like Morgan Park. And a Morgan Park-Fenwick title game, definitely enticing. We've, we've already seen Fenwick-Simeon, so kind of a interesting thought there. What, what, do you, what would you think in that? Now, uh, they didn't meet at Proviso, right? No, not this year. Yeah, last year they did. Uh, yeah, I'm glad it hasn't happened, which is what I was getting at. Because oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I, we're young and Simeon have, if that were to transpire for it. But I, I, you know, like I said, I picked Morgan Park to win 3A. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lanfear beat Morgan Park, and I wouldn't be surprised if Fenwick beat Morgan Park. I just... I think it's a toss-up, Fenwick Morgan Park. I really do. Um, I, I I'd stick to my Morgan Park pick. You know, it's funny too, and I don't know if you're if you're this way, Mike, but <clears throat> when when you get to Peoria and you watch the semifinal games, and you know, let's we'll use our podcast as an, exa- as an example, and we do our who we think and who we picks. I, I have often, and I think it's easy to do, just kind of turned your 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 uh, momentum for a team around quickly by what you see in the semifinals. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that I, I could see that happening because different things happen in, in, in Peoria, I mean, in, in these big-time atmospheres and in arenas. And so, you know, I could see myself going into Saturday night or well, afternoon in 3A thinking something completely different than I do driving down Thursday and, and what I think is going to happen because of what transpires in the semifinals. And there are plenty of reasons. Morgan Park, I mean, the reason they've got the six losses – the reason some games are closer, they're very dependent on their three-point shooting. And as we saw from Hope, a lot of teams and a lot of games, that can leave you sometimes. So they're going to need that. And they need that to beat a good team, not just a great team. Whereas Fenwick has a lot more margin for error. They can play fast. They can play slow. Their points are distributed really evenly throughout the team. They're not dependent on one guy to do too much. So it's it's easier to see a Morgan Park collapse than a Fenwick collapse. Um, yeah, for I mean, sure. Fenwick is probably your most your your biggest constant uh, down there in three A. I mean, you, I think you know what you're going to get for yeah. sure. And 
Uh, I, and you know what? They're really playing well. I mean, they, exactly. they haven't pl- they haven't played around in this. And they've had a harder road, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know we keep making fun of 3A, but I mean, they did have a hard, more difficult road, and they just took care of business. I mean, they didn't mess around. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it transpires, those two semifinal games on Friday. And then you've got 4A, four big boys. Fremd, we've already talked a lot about. Undefeated, takes a 31-0 record in two Peoria to face Whitney Young, who knocked off Evanston. Uh, yeah, they are two wins yeah. away, Mike, from being the first undefeated big school state champion since King <laughs> in 1994, I think. I might be a year off, but uh, yeah, yeah that is um, that is um, when I think Fremd, I think King, you know. They yes, go, they go hand it's, in hand. <laughs> uh, and that was Hamilton and Griffith, yeah. right? Rashard Griffith. Yeah, you know, very Slewin, very similar team. Slewin Patel. <laughs> very similar team to friend. But they we've talked about it this year. They've just got this this thing, man. They just got this mojo going that is really incredible. And I know some people keep telling they haven't played any, but no, I mean they've played some good teams to get here. It's not Kona is a good team. Jacobs is a very good team. Uh and it doesn't matter who they play. I expect Frem to keep it close. I really do. I, I don't think – I had numerous people say Young will – two college coaches who watch both teams and said they will crush Fremd. I don't think they crush him. There's, there's the potential of it happening because they're, if Fremd falls behind early and they have to kind of maybe speed things up in the second half just a tad – because they get down 8, 10, 12, then I could see maybe it slip into 16-point, 17-point game. But I, I think it's going to be closer than people think, and, but I do think Young wins. Uh, I, I just think this is a step up in overall talent compared to what they've played and in athleticism and quickness. And I just I just think Young, too, is another team that's playing very well. Um so, so Joe Hendrickson is now appreciating the Frem train as it rolls by, but is not jumping on board. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> right. uh, I did. You know, I, I didn't pick them to win the sectional. I picked Conant. I did pick them to beat Jacobs after they got there, just because I was done picking against them. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you, you, do you think they can? Yeah, I think they can win. Um, or I shouldn't say do they think they can win. I, mean, I think they can win. Do you think they will win? I think they'll win the battle of styles. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I'll be interested to see if the frustrate if there is frustration playing them. Yeah. yeah. I think they, I just I feel like this plays into Frem's hands. Young is not big. You know, Young they're no. athletic, but they're not as athletic as uh, Bolingbrook or Simeon. You know, I think of the matchups, this is the best one for them um, that they could have had. You know, the first time it stayed is rough, though. You know, I, I worry about them coming out and just turding all over <laughs> because they, yeah. they just don't know what they're doing. But, I, I you know, I can this, see it this happening. Isn't, this it's... isn't uh, the same. I, I don't see that happening for sure. I really don't. Okay. I just think That's they just good. got too much moxie and too much... This this thing they have. This, 
it's incredible. And I, and I, I again, I, I would not be shocked if Fremd won. Uh, but I just think that overall talent level, Fremd has not played. No, no, uh, Niles Notre Dame. I, I know you're, what you're saying about them not being as athletic as a Bolingbrook or even a Simeon, but it's still it's it's more athletic. It's a, it's this is the most athletic, quick, talented team Fremd has played by a considerable margin. Yeah, I wish I'd seen Fremd on a college court. Um, I, ha- I haven't more seen room that. To pass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's. But yeah, this I, is, think I think it's a good thing. You probably. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a this is a very interesting game. As I, I what did I? Pick? I would have pre- I would have preferred Fremd Bolingbrook. <laughs> oh wait, did I pick them to lose here? Yeah, I picked them to lose to Curie here. That's what I had. Yeah. Um, so I guess I should stick with it. Young, yeah, young yeah, as yeah. Curie. So, um, all right. So you're, yeah. you're, I mean, are you picking? I mean, you're you're saying Fremd beats Young? No, I got you. Got to go with Young. I mean. <laughs> All right. I, this is where I thought they were going to peak, so I might as well stick with it. Yeah. All right. And I'll I'll have Young. Um, because may oh, and the the guy to watch in this one for those of you coming to the state tournament that don't you know follow this religiously, Javon Freeman from Whitney Young. Kid is incredibly exciting. Sky is the limit. He's going to be a huge star next year, and it probably starts this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Castaneda stepped up here in the postseason. Uh, yeah, Lucas he, Wilson. Obviously, is is has been a constant for them all season long. So those those are their three those are the three key guys. Uh, they they've got a lot of depth and a lot of pieces and a lot of parts that they can throw at uh, Fremd and and then you got the Mister Heroic buzzer beating Kyle Sliwa, six uh, one senior guard for Fremd who just defies. <laughs> I just what a what a what a run he's had and. To have multiple buzzer beaters over your your rival, I and mean, that that's pretty cool. Oh, Tyler Beard from another freshman that you're going to want to watch from Whitney Young, great athlete. Um, you know, he hasn't had the productive year of DJ Stewart on Fenwick, but he's every bit the athlete and prospect that, that yep. Stewart is. Um, next up, number one versus number two. I mean, can you ask for more than that at the state tournament? You got Simeon against Bolingbrook. This yeah, this is the one uh, I've gotten the most feedback already from whether it be high school coaches, high school fans, media. Hey, Simeon Bolingbroke's gonna be fun. Hey, Joe, what do you think about Simeon Bolingbroke? And and I agree. It's it's uh, I, you know, I I think this is a really tough matchup for Bolingbroke, obviously because they're playing Simeon and they're really good. But because Simeon, their defense right now, the way they're playing. You know, I, I and, and I think they can slow Bolingbrook down. Even though Simeon's been playing more up tempo this year than we've seen in the past, and I, I think they'll still they'll still play fast. But they also have the capability, particularly transition defense, that these other teams Bolingbrook has faced has not been able to master. And that's where I think they're going to get Bolingbrook to have to run a lot of half court stuff. And Bolingbrook does not thrive in that that setting. They they get after you. They are. They play at a breakneck speed, and they score in transition. They, that's how they do it. They, whether it's off the defensive rebound and in transition or off a turnover, Bolingbrook thrives in transition. That's where they get the majority of their points. And when they get on these runs, these 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 crazy 
10 0 or 14 to 2 or 17 to 4 runs. That's how Bolingbrook does. They just they, they put your throat, your foot, their foot on their neck and, and put you away. And I just don't, I just see Simeon being able to diffuse that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Simeon is so much more experienced in a, for in a game like this. But that's also the reason I've been wary of Bolingbrook. I mean, I think they're immensely talented. It's just the young guards, you know, Caleb Thornton and Joseph Yasufu, who I, I just wasn't sure they were experienced enough to make a playoff run. Well, guess what? I was wrong. They did it. They're here. They're two games yeah, they're, away. They're, they're here because of two sophomores. That's yeah. what's yeah, without Yasufu and, and Tyler Cochran, who has stepped into the starting his role here in the second half of the season. Uh, I mean, they won the Juliet West game for them. I mean, they didn't finish it. Malik Bins kind of finished it off. But, I mean, those two kids won that game at the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter when the season was on the line and their two senior stars are on the bench. That's why I was like, wow, that's 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 impressive. But obviously the big name is Nana Atkinson going to Nebraska. He is a he, he's their best perimeter shooter. He can, he's a 6'5", uber athlete but one that can step out and knock down threes. And he is a dang, he's not a, you know, he's not going to go put, throw 30 on you. Uh, but he, he's a player who can change a game with his electric athleticism. It could be a block. It could be a dunk. It could be, you know, a back-to-back threes. I mean, he had, I think three or four threes in the first half against Juliet West. And, you know, he's knocked down 64 threes on the year. Nobody else really shoots from the perimeter for Bolingbrook, and so that's another that, that that's my concern um, because you get into that half court, Mike, against Simeon, and you don't have guys that can consistently knock down shots. They're not going to just be able to pound away in, in transition on, on Simeon. They're not going to be able to. Simeon's not going to make the mistakes. That allows yeah. them to do that is is likely, and I think what I looked up right away was Malik Bins and what he did last year against Simeon. And I don't have my stat sheets because I don't keep things, unfortunately. Well, but... I'm gonna say why, because he's a completely different player than he was a year ago. Well, he didn't even make the game stories. Uh, no, I, I did it I because mean... of what happened last night to AJ Epensa. Or Epinesa. And yeah. I, I see this a lot with Simeon. You think they don't have bigs, and then Messiah Jones, you know, and Talon Horton Tucker and Madison Lowry just destroy you down there. And that's what happened last night. I do look forward to the, some Madison Lowry minutes against Malik Benz. Yeah, I mean, and Messiah <laughs> Jones, I mean, he's the guy to, in this game that, to me, that's the guy to keep the eye on. He has been so big and he is so underrated and on the all city all area heat i took so much of it was about kiesel brown and Taylor horton tucker and they wouldn't have made it if i picked a second kid messiah jones was the best player at pontiac i saw every game messiah jones was my vote for the ac williamson and then yeah he tailed off a bit he was hurt and but then since then he has been a force and i know Taylor horton tucker is the hot sexy Oh, Charles Barkley, oh, recruiting choice. But Messiah Jones outdoes him on the court when it comes to production. Again, last night, 10 boards. You know, how many points? Was the defender on the big man for Edwardsville. Messiah Jones is a really, really great high school basketball player right now already. Not about yeah, potential or what he could do. 
I, it was nice to see Taylor Horton and Tucker get involved early last night uh, in that Edwardsville game. Um, Bobby you know, but, threes. <laughs> yeah, step back three. I, but, you know, that's the other thing that this this Simeon team does pretty well. I mean, they, they, they can get streaky a little bit, but they can knock down threes. Well, it's Kizo Brown, Evan Gilliard, Tor- Taylor Horton, Tucker can hit a three. Uh, so they just got so many ways to beat you uh, that Bol- – and this is, again, this is a team – Bolingbrook has not faced this is Bolingbrook has not faced a team this good, this talented. Uh, and we've said all along that Bolingbrook is more athletic and faster than any public league team. So this is why this matchup is is so intriguing. It, it's the one that I'm looking forward to the most. I kind of wish that I kind of wish Young was playing Simeon in the semis. Um, just because I don't want to see Young and Simeon in a championship game. So that was set up perfectly. I would love to see friend play Bolingbrook, completely contrasting styles, and then the two public league teams knock each other off, and then we get that state championship game. But I, I do like Simeon at this point. Uh, I, I picked Bolingbrook to get here, and I didn't pick Simeon to get here. But I really thought, I know Edwardsville did not look like it last night, but I thought who won that game would win a, a state championship, and uh, I, I firmly believe that right now with Simeon. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great one, a fun one. You got to you got to go with Simeon if you're making picks. Do not let Simeon become the underdog because then they always win. In the last ten years, I've learned even Oak Hill. <laughs> yeah, that. well, I'm uh, I, I, geez, I never pick against Simeon, and uh, <laughs> I did this year, and here they are. But uh, that's going to be, and I guess you both we, or what we're both kind of saying is they're going to be a public league rematch. In a state championship. Yeah, and I mean, if that happens, so let, let's do it real quick, as quick as we can. We just talked about all eight of the teams. But so if it's a Simeon Young, well, first of all, let's go if, what if it's a Bolingbrook Frem title game? Bolingbrook wins. I, I don't, they just, that speed, that pressure, God, not, they're not blowing them away. They're not blowing them out like they blew Neighborville North out, but uh, Bolingbrook wins the state title. What if it's a Bolingbrook, uh, what do you call, oh, wait, uh, Young, Bolingbrook Young. Yeah. I'll take, I'll, I'll take Young. Oh, see, I like Bolingbrook in that one. Yeah. I mean, I, that, I mean, I'm saying I take Young as a hesitating yeah. because, but I'm not, I'm not who you take, I, but who would the favorite would be? I think Bolingbrook's the favorite in that game. I think Bolingbrook's the favorite. I do. I just. That's a great game too. Yeah, I mean, that, that I, would I, be a lot of fun, um, for sure. Yeah, that that because I think Young would run with them, and I don't know. I, I think that game is your best shot of a eighty-two to seventy-nine <laughs> yeah. game, um, where these other teams. I, I, I'm really, really interested to see Simeon offensively with Bolingbrook, and, and kind of what they kind of revert a little bit. I mean, they're not playing crazy wild no they're gonna they're gonna try and make it even slower but you know they do play at a faster pace than we've seen other Simeon teams yeah you gotta slow that Bolingbrook team down that's what they're gonna want to do so what do you think uh Simeon Fremd oh Simeon Simeon. so basically what I'm saying is Fremd has no chance to win a state title and they'll probably go 33 and 0 yeah (laughs) well Simeon Fremd I think it's interesting to talk about because well that's then Simeon speeds it up (laughs) that you know I mean they're they're gonna really I don't think they play in this Frem's hands. 
probably be more so than Young or Pullenbrook obviously would. But yeah, I think, I, I think Simeon Fremd is interesting because I think Simeon would be fine with keeping it slow. Right. I, I, they have Fremd. a. They, yeah. It's funny to say they have a. I think they have a less chance to beat Simeon, but I think it, I'm talking about Fremd. But I think it'd be a closer game. Yeah. <laughs> because I just think they kind of. Simeon just has this comfort level with whatever they play. It's just, and that's why they who they are. I mean, that's, I mean, how many trips have they made to Peoria now? I mean, I, it's everybody in Pontiac knows Simeon like the back of their hand, and now people in Peoria that the few that still go see Simeon so much, they kind of got this good read on them, just kind of like we do. Indeed. All right. Well, I think those are all of our possible. Uh... For a combination. So you got your state champion, Simeon, or, or Young? Oh, I already picked Simeon, so oh, okay. probably right. shouldn't defer. I feel like I can't make secondary picks. Yeah, I've no, already, I I've mean, already done this once. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, since I don't have my state champion, but Simeon beat Edwardsville, Simeon. We both got Simeon. But man, but I think it's more likely. I, I just, I'll get this on the record. I think it's much more likely that Fremd wins than you do. I would the, not state championship. Yeah. Ooh-hoo. Okay. One more before we go here. If like, Fremd wins a state championship, well, like what percentage? Uh, what, what do you think their percent chance is? Ten. Oh wow. See, yeah, no. Um, I, I I think it's twenty. I think you know, and frankly, I think it's twenty five percent across the board. I don't no, think what. You're saying Fremd has as equal a chance yes. to win a state championship as every team down there. Yeah, I think that I think these four teams are, you know, I've seen them all play poorly. Even this, yeah, Simeon's on a roll, but we've seen them not play my, well this year. My thing with, yeah, but not for a while. Well, none of them have played badly for a while. That's why they're here. I know, but I'm saying, don't, I mean, t- I know you go, I mean, I, I've been pumping up my Conants and Jacobs of the world, but Fremd has not played they have not, but it doesn't matter. Anybody. We, we, no, but we've seen time and again, once you get, I agree with that 100%, but once anybody, you get Anybody, particularly with their style, and I mean, there's matchups that bode well for Fremd more than other, I mean, Fremd and Bolingbrook is not a good matchup. No, but but once you're here, and you're and as it, good and as they are, happens, and as disciplined. If it materializes in a third place game, I don't want anybody to tell me about a third place result in Peoria. Um, but, <laughs> Why are we even don't talk about third place games? No, I'm just saying. Well, if you come back and say, "Oh, Joe Frem knocked off Bolingbrook in the third place game," I mean, oh. okay, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I just they have not faced a team with speed, quickness, and athleticism. No, they have they, not. They, they have not. But you know what? And, and you first go at it. But no, none of these teams have faced Fremd either, and and facing another. That, that part's true. Facing just, another all white, they are friend. so good at what they do, and no one's prepared for that, and they can't simulate that either. The only reason I put it at ten percent is I don't think they do it twice. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I again, I don't think it's a st- it's not a stunner when a 31 and 0 team gets you know wins a state semifinal game. I, I, I I'm not shocked that they beat Young, but for them to go down there and beat Young. And then and followed Simeon up and Simeon. Come on. I mean, I, this is back to what question I was going to ask. What kind of, where does that rank in, 
it's hard to say a 31 and 0 team is so well, Cinderella. It was like they are Schaumburg and Eddie Curry. I mean, MSL team, you know, massive. Uh, I mean, yeah, yes. they had Pankratz, but that's got, and that's like a legendary game. Um, you know, in state way history. more, way more individual talent on the Schaumburg team than this team. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I just, I just think it'd be a phenomenal story. I mean, I, <laughs> it would, but I guess my point is, I think all four teams, I mean, maybe friend slightly less, but bowling, I feel like there hasn't been a four a field ever where I felt like all four teams really had a pretty good shot to win it. Um, I don't feel like Simeon's an overwhelming favorite. Yeah, I go. I wouldn't be shocked by Bolingbrook or Young winning. No, I, 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 you, but so you wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if Bolingbrook, Young, or Simeon won a state championship. Okay, like so, you're, so you you're pretty saying, much feel the same way. You just don't think you're Fremd saying you wouldn't be shocked if Fremd wins a state championship. It would have been shocking a month ago, but for them to win, pull off these two more upsets now, I, I'd be surprised, of course. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to pick them, but I wouldn't be shocked. It's just, they're just, that, they're that a machine. Feeds, that kind of, that feeds into my, they're not winning. Like, they had a heave of a three to win a sectional. That was just a yeah, miracle. Overtime in the, but that's how they've won every game all and year. Then, <laughs> yeah. but, I, but no, the first one was, is a legitimate shot. Yeah. <laughs> this was a no look heave. Uh and then from I did get some from some accounts of the the win over Jacobs and it's I heard a lot of people say that Jacobs should have won that game. So my, my thing is if they kind of not that they're ever going to blow anybody out friend, but I don't know. I I just I feel like they're fortunate and lucky to be here, which is great for them. They deserve it. They're 31 and all. That's really not fortunate and lucky, I guess. But I, I just, I, I, I'm just saying, you you got to be shocked and surprised if Rem beats Young and Simeon or Young and Bolingbrook. I guess if you put them, put Bennett jerseys on them. <laughs> yeah, we, I, it's something we've seen well, this at state the last I couple know, of years. No, but Bennett didn't beat either one of those teams either. They lost to Simeon and they lost to. Or cure or young, and they lost to Curie. Yeah, but they could have won those games easily. You know, it's I know, but I, I think we're looking the, at Fremd I, in I'm a way. Going to the, would you be shocked? I would be shocked if they pull this off. I'd be but, surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. All right, uh, that's how I'll turn. We, we need well, to wrap we'll it play up. Out but... Talk about our shocks and surprises next Monday. Fremd in Peoria, it's going to be exciting. Thanks everybody for listening. And I think uh, we didn't, Joe and I didn't talk about it, but we'll be back for a season wrap up, huh? Um, I'm pr- I might need Monday to recover. <laughs> everybody, yeah, so, there'll be no rush to. Yeah, no yeah. huge rush. It might be Tuesday or Wednesday until yeah. we get around to it because I'm going to be dead. But thanks for listening, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of you in Peoria. Mm-hmm.